I'm thinking of a number. Very good. You get to go to the head of the class. You heard about the little kid who went his first day of kindergarten. Teacher disappointed him. He decided he wasn't going to go back the next day. Mom said, why? He said, well, the teacher said for me to come down and sit on the front row for the present. My dear, she never gave me a present. <laughs> You've never heard that one before, have you? No. First time I heard that one today. <clears throat> yes, please turn to the 34th Psalm. Psalm 34. Now, last week we looked at 33, which had 22 verses. And by reading the 33rd, 33 over 150, that reduces to 11 over 50, which works out to 22%. So as of last week, we were 22% of the way through the book of the Psalm. It just so happens there are 22 verses of this. There are also 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. Ain't that a kick in the head? But I want you to think of another number. I'll give you a hint. Some call it the perfect number. Perfect number. Perfect number. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> Let's see if we can figure what seven I'll be talking about. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Does that mean a bell? You did. Aki? Oh, Aki. Aki? Aki. We don't speak tongues in our church. Yes, they do. They looked unto him and were frightened. And their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried. The Lord heard him. It saved him. Out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and deliver them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. Seems to me somebody talked about this this morning, about the animals praising God. The young lions do black and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come ye children, hearken to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life and love of many days that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and the lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek 
peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh to them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Can I get an amen on that? But the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Get an amen on that one too. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. What did your mom call it? Slum gullion that she used to make? I don't know what slum going is. Sheila, you think Sheila serves at a restaurant? Is that what you're saying? I need a little battery for my girl here. Oh, she said she. Well, you do have restaurants, but you've never served slum going. No. Okay. Has anybody here besides Marcia and me heard of slum going? Well, we're not from California. <laughs> it's a Michigan thing. Both of them about the same. <laughs> you know, I just read a verse about seek peace. <laughs> I'm not going to argue that one. Because there would be a world of difference between a Yankee and a Western. Although the people in Shreveport never quite figured that one out. You're not from Shreveport. You're a Yankee. Then we had some Cajun boys. They said, well, you're not from where we are. As far as we're concerned, you Shreveporters are Yankees. That shut them up. Well, slum going is a meal you put everything goes in. It's a hodgepodge. It's a mix of all kinds of things. You know, sometimes... You come across something that's all pretty much the same, the same, the same, all the way through. And then other things, I mean, it's, it's got a wealth. That last congregational song, five verses. Um, Living he loved me, dying he saved me. It's called One Day, but it's about different days. And there's a lot in that song. You've got a mini theology just singing that one song. And you have a mini theology in this song. I could be tempted to do a whole series just on Psalm 34, but I'm committed to one song, one Sunday. So, how to hit the high points. A lot in here. Just like we saw in the last song, and we'll find again and again, his words and his works are commended. But I want you to think of uh, seven. You know, I was a little kid. I guess I was 
maybe uh, maybe Boston's age, we saw Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And uh, back then you could get in the movies for a dollar for the whole station wagon. So we went to the movies, the drive-in, and uh, watched Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And as we were driving away, Dad looked at Mom and he said, you know, poor Snow White, she had those seven dwarfs, and only one of them was happy. <laughs> I think it was Tuesday, Mom. What do you mean, only one was happy? Well, one was dopey, and one was sneezy, and one was slick, but only one was happy. There are seven things I want to point out. And six of them, some of you fellows with a lot of tools. I know you have screwdrivers and you have mallets. and I'll bet every one of you in the toolbox has an awl. Do you have an awl? Yeah, I know you have an awl. That's A-W-L. But there are six awls. But then there's a seventh that's the opposite of an awl. I call it a nun. So I want to show you that. Look at verse number one. <clears throat> the first all. We are to bless him when. Well, I like to say, if it ends in a one, it's a good day to bless the Lord. But what's he say in verse one? I will bless the Lord at all times. We're going to talk about the tool. Anytime, anywhere, any circumstance, anybody. What's a good time to bless the Lord? Well, yesterday was good. Tomorrow will be good. Today is great. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Now, you can get around some people, their favorite movie star, that's who they talk about all the time. Their favorite athlete, that's who they want to talk about all the time. A young person has a beloved, that's all they want to talk about all the time. But when it comes to the child of God, we should always be ready, willing, and able to say something about the Lord. I haven't always been successful in everything I've endeavored, and I'll bet you haven't either. No matter how well you perform, no matter how well known you are for a thing, there's probably somebody, somewhere, sometimes, somehow, that has done something better than you. But not the Lord. He's always got, if I may use this term, bragging rights. He's always at the apex. He's top of the heap. I will bless the Lord at all times. Time and time again we find, sometimes we say, I will praise Him. Sometimes we say, I will exalt Him. And sometimes I will exult in him. <clears throat> in the 68th Psalm, it says, I will extol him. These are different ways of saying, Yay, God! I'm amazed at God! I am impressed! I stand in awe! God, so creative. He is comprehensive. One guy says, God is very unique. Well, actually, unique means one of a kind. So you can't be uniquer. But he is unique. He is one of a kind. 
He is the top. He is the one to get excited about. Not only at all times, but if you look in the 57th Psalm, Psalm 57 tells us He is to be blessed among all nations. The 138th begins that we should bless the Lord with all our heart. I like somebody who's committed to a thing. We had a family across the street when we were growing up, and her name was Bartholomew. And then Mr. Bartholomew, who's about this tall, and Mrs. Bartholomew, about this tall, and the twins, Tony and Terry, and they're about that tall. And uh, they pretty much kept to themselves. I think they had the this kind of attitude. And we were just Joe Schmoes across the street. And uh, they drove Studebakers. Now, some of you probably haven't heard of Studebaker. They were around a long time. In fact, uh, they made Studebakers before they made cars. I mean, wagons. They have a Studebaker wagon. You can see a Studebaker not too far from our house now. They got it behind glass. Probably so nobody will steal it. My first car was a Studebaker. I bought this Studebaker and I drove And suddenly, I had a new family of friends, the Bartholomews. They came over. Now, they wouldn't give two cents to talk to mom, dad, and my brothers, but I had a Studebaker. That may be somebody pretty, pretty special. And they didn't get too excited about this and that. But if you drove a Studebaker, you are one of the select few, you know. But when it comes to the Lord, we should bless the Lord with all our hearts. How can you be a mediocre Christian? Somebody said, so-and-so is a CEO Christian. They think they're in charge? No. They come Christmas and Easter only. Anybody goes to church more often than that? They're a fanatic. That sort of thing. But so many times in Scripture we're told, with all our hearts. When I proposed to Marsha, I didn't say, I kind of sort of think we can go good together. I kind of sort of think maybe we ought to think about spending time with each other. No, I let her know. But uh, the one I want, the one I want to focus on, the one I want to be my joy and rejoicing, the delight of my eyes and desire of my heart. And y'all probably still get her something for Valentine's Day. That's just a big end. I don't just love her one day a week. <clears throat> I love her with all my heart. And even more so, we are to love the Lord and we are to honor and bless the Lord with all our hearts. I hope your attitude is not, well, it's Sunday, I guess I've got to go to church. We don't say that around our house. We don't say, I've got to go to church. We don't get to go to church. It's a blessing. Some people haven't got the memo yet. But it does say somewhere in the Bible, I was glad when they said unto me, Amen. You can finish my passage any time. That's great. We ought to be on that wavelength. By the way, you know what that address is? 
Yes, you're right. And I'm not going to say you're wrong because you are right. But that is right. It's Psalm 122, the first verse. <clears throat> not only are we to bless Him at all times and among all nations, but how do we do it? I guarantee you, I just don't get into the mood when I show up in a place and people have the attitude, let's sing some songs. I'm so glad beyond a Christian I could... What? Spit? Snarl? Sneer? Um, the Lord willing, <coughs> next week, we'll look at Psalm... 35. And you know how it closes out? Verse 27 and 28. Let them whisper for joy. No. Let them shout for joy. And be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually. They just won't shut up about this. Let the Lord be magnified which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And my tongue shall speak of thy righteousness and of thy praise all the day long. I hope we get that. So number one, we're to bless him with at all times. Look at verse four. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my Fears. Anybody here afraid of spiders? Anybody here afraid of snakes? Anybody here afraid of rabbits? Are you afraid of rabbits? Folk socks? No. You afraid of, I mentioned scorpions. Anybody afraid of scorpions? So you wouldn't mind if you got a scorpion for a pet for your birthday, would you, Bill? You looking forward to getting a pet scorpion? No, you don't think so? Okay. Uh, no, there's some things that are kind of spooky, kind of scary. Is it wrong to have fears? Well, right or wrong, we have them. But the Lord is greater than anything that could put the scares. Maybe you think it's going to put the hurt on you. I sought the Lord. He heard me. Our God has a listening ear. And delivered me from all my fears. I talked to her. Well, I'll tell you what. If Trump doesn't win this election, I, I'm scared for this country. I, well, there are some concerns I have, but as long as God's in control. You know, people say, there's a devil. Yes, there is, but he's God's devil. Did you know that? He can't. Lift the finger without God's permission. We forget that sometimes. I've been around Christian people. Oh, pray that the devil doesn't get them. How about we pray for the Lord's will? Don't we serve one who is greater even than the one who we call the God of this age, the prince of the powers of the air? Delivered from all his fears. Now, we've already seen that several times, just going through the Psalms. And uh, trust me, it'll come out again and again. 
and will be. He delivers us from all of our fears. He is able to deliver. He will come through. You know, after the book of Psalms and Proverbs and so on, we get eventually to the book of Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 12, I want to read the second verse to you real quick. You might want to read it with me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. You know what a lot of people do? I trust the Lord, but... I'm confident the Lord is wise, but... I'm trusting the Lord, but... You know what they're doing? It's, it's, it's yes and, and no. I'm so high lifted up, but I'm taken down. The rug's pulled out from under me. Watch out for those. You don't want to sound like the motorboat. The Lord is on his throne. A thing that happens, happens because it's his will. It's his purpose. And I did quote Romans 8, 28 this morning, but I hope we all know we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, those who are called according to his purpose. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. That trilogy, strength, song, salvation, it's in the book of Exodus. That's what Moses and the others sang after God vanquished the Egyptians at the Red Sea. It comes out in, I believe it's the 118th of the Psalms. And it's right here again. So nice, the Lord said it thrice. Delivered from all of his fears. Not only all his fears, Y'all got trouble? We have troubles, don't we? We might not be afraid, but we're maybe confused, confounded, disappointed, whatever. So, if we're not talking about fears, think of troubles. And David had his troubles. Boy, did he have his troubles. Look at verse 6. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him. And the Lord did not say, them's the brakes, and saved him out of all of his troubles. David said that. We can say it too. We saw that not too long ago, just back in Psalm 32, verse 7. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. One of the reasons we sing is to remind us of the precious promises of the Lord. He's the one who's committed to us. He wasn't just fooling around when he said those things. He said it and he means it. So, all of us, bless him at all times. Think of David, whom the Lord delivered from all of his fears and also saved him out of all of his troubles. 
But David wasn't the only one. Number four. Drop down to verse 17. Now there's an awful lot of good stuff in between there. And I hope you know me well enough. I'm not denying what I don't reference, but I want to squeeze it into one. And look for this common theme. For yes, it's true for David, and we can talk some, sometimes we do that, we say, well, so-and-so was a valiant man of God. Here was a woman who really threw her all in behind the cause of Christ. But I don't, I'm just kind of bobbing along, hoping it doesn't wind up too rugged. Are you righteous? I pray that you are. He said, well, I don't know if I'd call myself righteous. Well, when the Lord looks at the human race, He doesn't see a gazillion folks. He sees Adam. He sees Christ. If you're in Christ, He sees Christ. If you're not in Christ, I'm sorry, you're on your own, you're in Adam. That's not a good place to be. You don't want to be in Adam. You want to be in Christ. And that's what makes us righteous. We're not righteous because of what we did or what we said or where we went or who we know. We're righteous because of Jesus Christ. The righteous cry. Now David was a righteous man. Do righteous people mess up? Oh yeah. Are you righteous, preacher? Well, I'm righteous because of Jesus Christ. But you mess up, right? Oh, absolutely. The righteous cry, and the Lord hear it, and deliver them out of all their troubles. Not just the big stuff. Not just the little stuff. Not just on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You know, it's interesting the heathen in the Old Testament, some of them, they had territorial gods. Well, so-and-so worships the god of the valleys. So-and-so worships the god of the mountains. If you're in the mountains, you know which god to talk to. If you're in the valleys, you don't talk to the mountain god, you talk to the valley god. When uh, certain people did what they called evangelism to go into different parts of Europe, they found people that had spirits for this and spirits for that. And they said, well, we can probably accommodate these people. And so, well, there's one God, but there's a lot of saints. And there's a saint for this and a saint for that. And so whatever your occupation is or whatever you happen to live, make sure you just pray to your patron saint. And there was a man, he was Lebanese, and he was trying to make it as an entertainer. He tried singing and dancing, he did kind of okay, but not well enough to support himself. And he tried being a comedian, and he kind of okay, but not really well enough to support himself. And he prayed to the patron saint of comedians slash lost causes, and maybe somebody or something else. He said, if you will make me a success, I will honor you. Well, that's what he said. And he became a success. People watched him on TV. 
quite a guy. And to his credit, he said, I'm, I'm going to remember that vow that I made to that saint. That's why if you go over to Memphis, there's St. Jude Hospital. Danny Thomas made a promise when he was a struggling entertainer. And he prayed, not to the Lord, but to St. Jude. He kept his word. But let me tell you what. You don't put your confidence in a man. You don't put your confidence in a saint. You don't put your confidence in an angel. Or a system. Or an attitude. Or a principle. Or anything like it. You put your confidence in the Lord. And that's what the righteous do. And the Lord is pleased to deliver the righteous out of all their troubles. Many times we read in Scripture, the Lord is a refuge. A refuge is a place you could run. And it's a safe place to be. Some people build a house and they say, okay, in the middle of a house, I'm going to build a special room. And storms won't get to it. And bad guys can't get it. And I'll have food and water and and, and, and that would be my safe room. And if they ever hear some guns going off or something else going on, they're going to get to that safe room. And they figure, if I can get there, that's my refuge. I know I'll be okay if I can make it there. But we have a safe one. We have a safe harbor. We run to the Lord. He delivers us out of all of our troubles. Well, we looked at four. Can you find the other two? Drop down to verse 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. We hear affliction and well, so-and-so's got, maybe they've got uh, Parkinson's. And somebody else, maybe they've got a stroke. Or maybe they've got this condition or that condition. Something's dogging them. Something's got them down. They're afflicted in one sense or another. One brother I was talking with. So you'll have to talk a little louder, brother. And I said, I usually don't have to talk too loud on the phone. Yeah, I'm about to lose my sense of hearing. I'm afflicted. And sometimes people are afflicted and they don't even know they're afflicted. What would it be if you just started to lose your memory? It's different if you can remember having been able to see and now you're blind. At least you have memory. What if you couldn't remember a person's name, a person's kindness, a person's pattern that they lived before you? What if you couldn't remember the good deeds that somebody has done for you? You know, it probably meant something to the believers when Paul would write a letter. He says, I make a point to remember you in my prayers. <clears throat> If I were alive in that time and I knew that Paul were praying for me, that means something to me. It's always meant something when 
Some dear saint says, I've been praying for you. Even more so, and I begin to share something, and I say, well, you know, that's funny. I've been praying the Lord would help you with that. Sometimes the Lord knew I had a problem with it, and they knew I had a problem. I didn't know I had a problem with it. And then when the Lord showed me, uh, guess what? I'm not the only one that knows. Sometimes I'm the last one to find out. Guess what? The Lord's never the last one to find out. He knows the things that dog us. He knows the afflictions, the troubles. And He delivers. He's a deliverer. I told you this morning about Yahashua, shortened to Joshua. He's called a deliverer. And when it carried over to the Greek, it came out, in the Aramaic, it came out as Yesu. Call him Jesus, for he shall save his people, not from the Romans, not from <clears throat> sadness and situations that really don't amount to anything in a hundred years, but he saved from our sins. Folks, as we count time a million years from now, those of us who are saved will be grateful to Jesus Christ for delivering us from our sins. We ate some good chow down the hall. And I'm grateful for the hands and the hearts. And I hope you are too. We, we don't thank the Lord just once in a while. We ought to thank Him all the time. I may forget a good deed that's done I ought not to. My parents taught me, never forget a kindness. But how much more to remember the things that the Lord has done. <clears throat> and it's not just David. He delivers the righteous out of all their troubles. Oh, again and again, that is affirmed in the Scripture. Let me just show you one over in Proverbs. I got more of my notes, but Mr. Time just keeps on ticking. John Cameron Swayze got it right, didn't he? Proverbs 11 and verse 8 The righteous is delivered out of trouble, and the wicked cometh in his stead. You know what that means? You got some horrible thing coming at you! And the Lord has a way of getting you out of the way. And then God with great economy, he'll bring the wicked in and they get clobbered. Just think of a guy named Haman. He hated Mordecai. So badly he went to great trouble to have a gallows built. <laughs> Those gallows, they're gonna take care of somebody. They're gonna swing like a rock on the end of a rope. <laughs> And he was right halfway. The gallows were used, but they were used to hang him. The Lord took Mordecai out of the way and slid Haman in. Hey man, it's talking about you. Wasn't it Bobby Burns who said, Ask not for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee. We see somebody else getting clobbered and like the guy in the song, somebody else, not me, but sometimes it is us. We could have. 
by all rights we should have. I think we're reminded of that this morning as well. How that um, the Lord is the one. Paul knew that the Lord had done some wonderful things in his life. Changed him such that he was graced, he was given some things, but he also was shown mercy. Thank God that the things that we, humanly speaking, that have come into us, time and time again, we'll find that. So the righteous are delivered out of all their troubles, delivers them as we just saw in verse 19, out of all their afflictions, and if we don't have enough theology in this psalm, we even have a prophecy of Christology. For you see, we're told that the Savior would go and he'd be beaten, battered and bruised, marred and scarred beyond recognition, and yet not a bone was broken. How do you do that? That's exactly what happened. When the soldiers came to break the legs of the three crucified, they snapped the legs of the one on the left and the one on the right. But Jesus was already dead. They punctured his body. Blood and water poured out. But they didn't break a bone. Now, wasn't that just lucky how that worked out? No, that was not luck providence of God. God said that to show because if you imagine taking a man and beating him and mocking him and scourging him and parading him in front of the crowd and then putting him on this thing and dropping that pole into the ground and even after he's pronounced dead not a bone was broken. How do you do that? I suppose maybe a physician with much patience, endurance, and insight could replicate what happened to Jesus. But these Romans, they weren't doctors or nurses. They were slapping and punching and poking and ridiculing and mocking in all the horrific ways that they did. He keepeth all his bones. What does that mean? Well, we might wonder, but look at the second part of the verse. Sometimes if you have a question about the Bible, just keep reading, and it'll answer it for you. I'll tell you what it means. It means not a one of them is broken. How do you know, preacher? Well, I just read the second part of the verse. The bones were kept. They were intact jostled about and he did lay down his life but all his bones were kept hmm when you read in Exodus 12 about the Passover lamb they took the lamb and they carved it up and served it up but uh, this preparation was done in a very special way. And especially in the Gospel of John, chapter 19, it tells something of what Jesus 
as the God-man, because he was man as well as God, and as a man. He didn't suddenly grow some magic extra skin that was impervious to any kind of puncture. No. It could be and it was punctured. It could be battered and bruised and all of that. And yet, not a bone was broken. So we've seen six alls. And the seventh is a negative all. Not all. Not many. Not any. And it's found in the last verse. Took it in order. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants. And we've been reading about alls here. We're not putting it all in here. Because it's just the opposite. You know, sometimes we get on a roll. You know, especially when you're teaching little ones. I had a little kid class once. I had like three to six year olds. That was a who. And I, you know, I'd ask the kids, who's the Savior? Well, Jesus. Okay, good. And, and who walked on the water? Jesus. Great, great. One day I said, Who's the mean, horrible one that wants to destroy you and drag you down to hell? No, no. They looked at well, Jesus is always the answer. No. You need to listen to the question. It's not always Jesus. Be thankful for the good that Jesus is and does. But just as there is the good, there is also the evil. Just as there are alls, we looked at six alls. <clears throat> the psalm ends with not all, not any, not many, none. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants. And sometimes you'll find that there's somebody that you'll ask about. Somebody comes in the back, who left the top off the toothpaste tube? And I'll bet moms and dads have heard, not me. Not me. Not me does a lot of stuff, don't I? That not me is a real stinker. But I want you to know, when it comes to the redeemed, Sometimes people, well, I trusted the Lord and He dumped on me. He deserted me. He didn't come through for me. No, no, that's not the Lord. And the psalm ends with this precious statement. The Lord redeemeth the soul of His servants. He doesn't say He tried. I was at a meeting once and the guy said, Lord, pray, I pray that you'll save souls as soon as you can. People have the other, God's got to try real hard. That's why when they tell you, they say, pray real hard. Well, we ought to pray fervently. But don't think God's got to take him a, a superpower pill or be in a good mood or something like that. No. None of them that trust in thee shall be desolate. Those of you whose faith is in Jesus Christ, I might let you down. Somebody else might let you down. Your heroes might let you down. 
but not the Lord. Never. It ain't happening. You can count on the Lord. When my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Working in the prisons, I, I would see moms would come in to see their sons on visitation day. And I said, is, uh, is Bob's dad alive? Yeah, but he doesn't want to come down here. His attitude is, he messed up. He made his bed. He's going to sleep in it. Well, he still loves his son. I don't know. He messed up. Boy didn't do right. And uh, that's why when the phone company one year said, free phone calls to moms on Mother's Day. There was a line. I think they finally cut off at 7.30 that night. Because young men wanted to call moms on Mother's Day. They did the same thing the next month for Father's Day. No line. Very few. That's a sad commentary. But it's a fact. At least it was that we saw. The point is, the Lord is there. It wasn't the prodigal who was sitting around waiting for Dad to get his act together and do something. It was the Father who would get up and watch for the return of the Son. But even if your father and your mother forsake you, then the Lord will take you up. We have a friend closer than any brother. They will not be desolate. Drained, if you will. You guys already sang one? Did you sing one, three, and four? That how you do it? How many of the kiddos that did that are here now? Three or four. Three or four. And you know it. And I know it. I think we used to sing it in camp, didn't we? Let's sing this. One, three, and four, right? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Down to three. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt His name together. I sought the Lord and He heard me. And delivered me from all my fears. Let's stand.